happen. And we pray for his protection and, and, and give him wisdom, Lord. We ask that he would seek the wisdom of God in all the decisions he makes. Even, even Lord, I pray that he would ask for wisdom before he even twitters or tweets. And, uh, Lord, just uh, we pray for him to have boldness, strength. We pray for him to have peace. Uh, and uh, all the enemy that's been attacking and attacking and attacking relentlessly, Father, we pray that the enemy would be disarmed, disarmed in Jesus' name. And we pray for those uh, politicians there in Washington to have integrity, to be honest, to love God. Lord, we pray that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just pray that they would come to know you and then lead this country in the ways that God would have it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's a pretty good way to pray for them. Amen. All of them. All, well, everybody in Washington needs Jesus, right? Yes. Amen. Okay. i got a few jokes I'm going to tell real quick. <laughs> you, did you hear the story about the peacock that crossed the road? It's a colorful tale. That's enough. I, I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> all right. Now, the, the title of my message today is God's Heart for All. You know, God's for everybody. He's for all of them. All of us. And all the people in this world, He's for everybody. He really is. So, what, I, what I've been doing in this series, and now this is part 15 of the series that we've been in for a long time, since back, back in September, but the series is called Passionately Presenting God's Grace and Truth. And listen, all of us as Christians today need to be passionate. And we need to have compassion for people of all, of all uh, activities, you know, of every realm in the world that we can imagine, every walk of life. We need to have passion for them and, and compassion to to want to lift them out of where they're at. You know, if they're not living in what God has for, for their best in life, well, we want to help them come out of that. Amen? So, uh, this is another message in, in the series, Passionately Presenting God's Grace and Truth. And, it, and, and it's one of the, the main roles of the church is for all of us to be about this kind of business, to be evangelizing the world around us, the world that we live in. No human being on this planet today is innocent of sin. None, none of us. None of us. And God has created every one of us, and He's also provided forgiveness of all sin through the sacrifice of His only Son, Jesus. That's the only way that that sin is taken care of, by accepting what Jesus did for us on the cross. So through the blood of Jesus Christ, we're cleansed, we're made whole and righteous by faith through grace in what Jesus Christ has already done. Say that. It's already done. It's already done. And you need to get that in your mind, get that in your, in your understanding that, that the, the sin problem has already been dealt with. It was dealt with at the cross 2,000 years ago. So the sin problem is not a problem with God. It's a problem with man. You understand that? Not by anything we have done or, or not done, but the grace of God comes as a free gift. We didn't earn it. We didn't act right to get it. We didn't deserve it. But it's God's gift to us. 
He loved us so much that He gave it to us. When we repent before God and ask Jesus to come and rule in our hearts, we belong to Him. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I belong to you. That's why I love that song. This is just a little song, but it's so powerful, isn't it? I love that. And no devil in hell or any evil in this world can separate us from our God. I was, I was sharing in the uh, memorial service yesterday. I looked back because I remembered that Barbara Ann had come, my stepsister had come uh, to church early when, we, when I first started pastoring. She had come. And I, I, th- I think she got saved here. So I looked back in my official records, and sure enough, on May the 20th, 2001, I have her recorded that she received salvation here. And I, I shared that at the uh, memorial service because they didn't know. The family really didn't know, you know. And uh, so, but that was such a blessing for, for the family and even for me to, to know that. And so I'm just thankful that she accepted Christ. Amen? So, and, that, and that word always, I always love that. There's a scripture, I think it's John 10, 28. It says, and he will not let anyone snatch you out of his hands when you come to salvation. Amen? God is for us. He's not against us. And in the book of Genesis, we have the incredible account of the flooding of the entire earth. Have y'all gotten into that yet? Y'all are, y'all are moving slow. God, but this is but this is so cool. I was reading this, and I was reading it in the new Genesis book that I got, the Passion Translation of it. This is really good. So God, at that time, was sorry that He ever made man, and it broke His heart. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 6, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Alan found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Billy Ray found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And he didn't look at my past. He didn't look at my present, my, my future. He looked at my present and who I am today. It didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve that favor. He just looked upon me with favor as he did Noah, as he did Noah. Amen. I want you to think about this stuff. What what was it about Noah that caused God to have favor on him? Well, we find the answer in Genesis 6-9. And this is the New New Living Testament, New Loving Testament. Maybe I'll make a new one. The New Loving Testament. It says here, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. The only blameless person living on earth at the time. Can you believe that? Sometimes I feel like I'm in that same world. And he walked in close, felt, not me, I'm not Noah. No. That's Ronnie Dirks, Noah. But he walked in close fellowship with God. Now, Noah wasn't sinless, but righteous. And I believe because he had close fellowship with God. He loved God. He worshiped God. He had an intimate relationship with God. You know, it's a difference between, you know, a lot of people can accept Christ and then just go live the way they want to live uh, in life. And, you know, it's not, it's, they're not going to lose their salvation. The only way you lose your salvation is if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is saying you renounce Christ as your Savior. You don't want Him anymore. And nobody in their right mind is ever going to do that. Amen? No. So, 
So God, through Noah, a righteous man, revealed the plan of salvation of mankind, detailing how to build the ark, you remember, and gather the animals and the birds. And by the way, there was no unicorns on the ark. And his family, I tell my, daughter, my granddaughter that Chloe likes uh, unicorns and she's got them all over her room. I said, you know, they're not real, girl. They're just, they're not real. And so, so his family, uh, and he put all those animals on the, on the ark and, and all the creatures to save them from the flood. And the only people who survived this flood of the entire world was Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Eight people all together. Now let's look at Genesis 8, beginning in verse 18. Genesis 8, beginning in verse 18. And it says, So Noah, his wife and his sons and their wives, uh, left the boat. And all the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat. This is after the flood. They have to recede it. And uh, pair by pair. And, all, and, and Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed a burnt offering, as burnt offerings, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. He had a few extra ones he put in there for, for this offering. And... And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. Amen. I want you all to think about that. Noah comes out. He'd been, he'd been on the water for 40 days and 40 nights or whatever it was and when everything dries out then, he comes out, brings all the animals out. And the first thing he does is make an altar to thank God and give praise to God. And on offering, he gives God an offering that was a sweet aroma to the Lord. And, you know, they, here's the thing. I don't, I, we read this story and it just passes so quickly. They had been building. You know, Noah built that. He started building that ark, I think, when he was 500 years old. When he started building, him and his sons. And it took 120 years to build it, the Bible says. So he was 620. And his, and his kids, they're old too. <laughs> but they were the only ones on the earth that God saved in the flood. Them and the animals that they brought on that. And they've been doing this now for... Over 120 years. And we can't wait five minutes for an answer to prayer. And we live maybe average 75, 80 years old, most of us, you know. I'm, I'm going to believe I'm going to be over 100. Because they're going to find a way to cry back me some way or something. I don't know. But, but I don't know if we've ever just thought about that, how long it was that Noah was ridiculed. He was, made, he was mocked. He was made fun of all those years. It's never rained. It's, it had never rained on the earth before then. And they thought he was crazy. You know, everybody's just making fun of him, just like they do you, you and I at times when we begin to talk about the Lord. Why do you go to church two times a, a week? What's the matter with you? Why is it so important? Because, because of that right there. God saved me. He saved humanity through Noah's family. We ever think about that? Wow. He could have just done away with all of us and just left the planet. 
like some, there's some guy on the news the other day that says all the people ought to just die and get a, go away and let the planet alone. Oh, boy. I don't know where they get these ideas. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but God, listen, God is always ready to renew relationships with people when they, when they turn to Him or return to Him. God gave humans, specifically Noah and his family at this time, the commission of procreating and caring for the world again. He told them to go out and reproduce and be fruitful. Amen. The purpose of the flood was to enact God's global cleansing. He was cleansing the earth of all the evildoers. And, and you know, the word retribution means giving what is due. Giving what is due. And so all these evil people, God gave them what was due at that time. Yeah. And retribution is motivated by the conviction that moral order is woven into the fabric of the world and must be maintained or restored. Now, let's look at Psalm 7. David wrote this psalm, and I want you to think about it. Psalm 7, uh, verses 14 through 16, I think it is. Yeah. It says, the wicked conceive evil. I want you to think about modern day. The wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies. Verse 15 says, And they dig a deep pit to trap others, then fall into it themselves. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. Man, are we seeing some of that happen today? Amen. God maintains moral order by holding people accountable for what they do. Retribution. This is in the old in the Old Testament. It's an application of God's righteousness. It purifies the world for His kingdom of peace. Now, and through retribution, the divine King proclaims His universal rule and exercises His justice on all who reject His rule or who defy His commands. And for God's people, those of us who are Christians and Jews at this time, at this point, retribution is, is a discipline. It's discipline. It's always intended to restore covenant fellowship with God. God's always wanting to bring us in and restore us. We get out of line sometimes and we know God wants to bring us in and restore us and help us. This is not who you are. You ever hear that voice? When you're doing something wrong and you know it's not right, this is not who you are. That's the way the Holy Spirit tells me. He doesn't get mad at me. He just says, no, this is not who you are, Alan. Yeah. Isaiah 44:22 says, I have swept away your sin. God says, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. How many just love to be free? How many of y'all ever been locked up in jail? No, don't raise your hand. <laughs> but isn't it good to be free? I want to tell you, walk in freedom. I think, I think you know, there are people who are in prison who are free. There is because they have found what freedom really is. It's the presence of God in their life. And that's what freedom is. So as we may experience His chastening, 
we can respond in hope because God's truth and righteousness will triumph in our lives and He will redeem and restore all who trust in Him. I shared all this to help you to see this next point. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. A covenant is a binding relationship rooted in a commitment that includes promises and obligations. That's why it's so important in the covenant of marriage. It's so important to be married rather than just living together. Because when you, when you marry, you're making a covenant, not, with, not just between you and, and your spouse, but with God. And that's where the blessings flow. And that covenant, committed relationship. Wake up now. You don't want to miss this. And I don't want you to miss this. Hit somebody. Wake them up. A covenant relationship calls for faithfulness and makes peace and harmony possible. Amen. Whether it's between nations or people or with God. Covenant is very important. After the flood, God took the the initiative to bind himself again to human beings and to all creation, despite human faithlessness. There were still people after the flood, still, still today, that don't believe in God, don't want to have anything to do with God, still to this day. But God has chosen to bind himself to mankind. All of us. All of us. He made a promise to establish a covenant with Noah. And I think it was in the Passion Translation I read, Burr. His signature was the rainbow. He signed the sky with a rainbow and says, I promise never to do this again to mankind. He made a promise to establish a covenant with Noah. And through this promise, God guaranteed that he would maintain a relationship with Noah and his family and all of mankind through Noah's promise, his his obedience. God's covenant promise to Noah came with his command to build the ark. And Noah's receipt of the covenant blessing depended on his obedience to this divine command. He had to do what God said. And he built the ark just like God said he built it. And, and, and Ronnie and Missy and I and Kim went up to the, the ark up in uh, Kentucky. Is it in Kentucky? And we saw it. It's just like that, it's just like that giraffe sees. You know, it's, it's big. It's huge. And, and I say it took him 120 years because, man, that thing is huge. It's, it's, if you've never been there, you need to go plan a trip, save your money, and go see it. It's, it's a, it's a, you get a perspective of what, what it was really like. It's amazing. Anyway, and the Scripture says uh, that, that Noah did everything as the Lord commanded. He built that ark exactly the way the Lord instructed him to build that ark. Now, how did the Lord instruct how did, did the Lord drop a set of plans down there for Noah? No, but he told him. He spoke to him and he told. So, so it tells me right there that God and Noah spoke together and they talked. They had conversation. Just like we still have conversation today. Man, I, I, cher- I cherish and I treasure the moments that I hear God speaking to me. Those are precious moments. Because this is the creator of the universe. 
And he's talking to me. And he wants to talk to everybody. He's, I'm not somebody special. I'm just Alan Davis from Luland, Texas. I'm nobody special. But he loves me. My picture's in his billfold. God told Noah and his sons that this covenant he had made with them would be a universal covenant with all humans and with all living creatures. And he promised never to send a flood again as judgment on the world. This covenant helps us understand God as a covenant maker. There is evil and wickedness today on this planet. Amen. And plenty of it. Plenty of it. But despite the evil in human beings, God has made a new covenant through his son, for all mankind. It is a covenant of grace. Amen. And what is grace? The unearned, unmerited favor of God is on every one of you. Amen. Every one of us. God's desire is for all people to seek a deeper relationship with him. God's plan for every human being is for their well-being. He, he, he cares about your well-being. You're going through stuff. God wants to help you get out of that. He cares about what you're going through. He knows about it too. He knows about everything you're going through. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Our God is a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. And so when we bind ourselves in relationship with Him, in a relationship rooted in a, in a commitment that includes promises and obligations, He keeps His promises and obligations as we trust and believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Now remember the covenant promise God made to Noah. And his sons after the flood. It was a universal covenant with all of mankind. His commitment and his faithfulness to all of mankind despite human faithlessness because of Jesus Christ and his faithfulness to the Father's will of being our payment, our punishment, and our pardon. We are, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, made righteous, and holy, forgiven, and free for a week or two. <laughs> for eternity. Yeah. Yeah, for eternity. That's, what a deal. What a deal. <laughs> we have an advocate with the Father. An advocate is, an advocate is like a lawyer who pleads your case. We have an advocate with the Father who declares our innocence in Jesus Christ. Oh, there is much evil in this world. But we as Christians, as Christ followers, can take comfort in the words of Jesus Christ our Lord that are recorded in the Gospel of John 16, verse 33. The Message Bible says it like this. I've told you. Where are you at? Oh. It's down in the middle there. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. Who wants to be deeply at peace? 
in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. I've conquered the world. I've conquered the world. I sometimes forget about this exhortation from Jesus when I see what the evil of this world does to people. It grieves me at times. But he's conquered the world. So I take heart. And it encourages me. There is so much division in our world at this time in history. But it has never, listen, it has never reached the point of evil that was occurring when Noah was the only human being that was found righteous righteous and blameless. He was the only person that God found. We have many more people today that are that God loves and they are found righteous. Yes. We have so much to be thankful for. We know many, many people love God. I know a lot of people that love God and would do anything for God. Many who are blameless in the earth today. Not perfect. I'm not saying there's anybody perfect, but, but living blameless in the sight of God because of Jesus Christ. So these words of Jesus help remind us that trusting Him is raining. We can remain unshakable and at peace. Great peace. You know, I, I just heard the Lord say, it's not just raining physically. It's raining spiritually in here. So some of y'all are receiving that right now in Jesus' name. Here's where the filling of those voids in your life are coming right now. Right now. Just receive that. Just take them. Father, I thank you for filling all the empty places in my heart that can only be filled with you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Wow. That's so good. He conquered the world. And through Him, we too conquer the world. Amen. Here's here's some... uh, I want to challenge everybody in here with this. Pray for those you know and who you believe do not have a covenant relationship with God. Pray for them. You know, I I was... uh, I was talking to uh, Alice. Is Alice? Oh, there she is. And I was telling her, you know, it was a terrible tragedy her son was involved in. And that man that, that, that was driving the other vehicle, I said, you know, God loves him too. He, he, not, he may not be at the top of our list today, but, but God loves him too. And it's hard for us to want to pray good for him. But that will heal your heart, Alice. And I've told you that, that that's where healing comes. When we pray for those that we don't really have the heart in us to pray for. Or we want to pray evil for them. And then we see this example in uh, Washington, how those people who are saying they're praying for the president. And he, he's saying, I don't think they're praying for my good. You know, he just says things that just come, you know. But, but listen, the truth is, and they may not be praying for his good, but, but we need to pray for them too. Now, I truly do pray for uh, people that despise the president, those that attack him verbally. and I pray for them too to come to the, to, to the knowledge of Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because if you're in Christ, then you can't be hateful. You're not supposed to be. Amen. 
If you really have that close, true, close relationship with God, He's going to He's going to speak to you and He's going to tell you this is no. You need to pray for that person. You don't need to condemn them. You don't need to curse them. You need to pray for them. So they need our prayers when we see them just openly on TV. The things that are going on. Everybody needs our prayers. Pray for those who you know and who believe they, uh, and you believe they are walking in a sinful lifestyle. Pray for them. Whatever it is, whatever you know, some people that are going, that are living a certain way, or they're doing certain things that you know they're not living for God. You can just tell by their lifestyle. And you don't need to be judgmental about it, but just pray for them. Pray for them. You know they're, they're not living God's best that He has for them. So I challenge you to pray for them. Those who are in addictions, those who, are, who have uh, drug addictions or alcohol addictions or pornography addictions, pray for them. Pray for them. Here's, a, here's the thing uh, I want you to do. And you remember the, the movie War Room? You need to make your own war room. I'm, I mean, I'm serious in this hour, in this time in our life right now. The world at its worst needs the church at its best, and we need to be best right now. So we need to get in our own war rooms. And you don't have to make a room. You just get in your car. That's a good war room. And, and, and war against these things. Pray for them. Pray for these people. Pray for the circumstances that are taking place. Kim's got a little, I want to brag about my wife a little bit. She's got a, a little, uh, she sits in the Sally's room. She's got a chair in there. They're her favorite chair. You all have heard about her favorite chair. Where she goes and studies the Word. But right on the wall there, she's got a little board that I think it's a little, like a bulletin board. And she pins all the things that she wants to pray about. And the thing is loaded. It's totally covered. And she prays for those, all those people and those circumstances, whatever it is. She prays for those every day. And uh, we need to do that on our own. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me about that when I saw that the other day. And he said, where's your war room, Alan? I said, oh, man. It's in my truck. <laughs> but I need to pray more. We all can pray more. Amen. So make a prayer list. Make yourself a prayer list. Make a journal. Write down uh, things you pray for. And then when they are, they're answered, write that in there too. Thank you, God. You answered that prayer. Be diligent. Be diligent. Diligent. Be diligent to spend time in prayer for these people who God really loves. God really loves them. Some of you here today have experienced deliverance and freedom from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So you know God is able to deliver anyone. He is. Reach out in love as God leads you and see His hand deliver them. And uh, I put this out there on the sign out front of the church. Give away love like you are made of it. Give away love like you're made of it. Amen. Let's pray. Wow, I made it. It's just a little over time. I won't charge you for that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, God, we sang that song this, this morning that our God is love. And He is. And He wants to shine through each and every vessel in this room. He wants to shine through us all in the power of His love to the world that we live in. Every one of us have different worlds. Shine through each one of us, Lord.
wherever we go and whatever we do. May we honor and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You got anything out of that? Okay. That's awesome. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, we'll have some people up here. Where's my, where's my uh, altar ministry? Y'all come forward. Come forward and then we'll dismiss. Uh, this Friday. Is it next Friday, Valentine's? This coming Friday. is Valentine's, yeah. That's be good, yeah. Don't forget to get your wife something or your or your husband something too. How come how come wives are the only ones that get anything on Valentine's? Because we're smart. Yeah. It's a woman's world. It's a woman's world. That's he. They're ruling. <laughs> Amen. So if you need prayer for anything, we have some people here to pray pray with you. If you've never made the, Jesus the Lord of your life, today's the day to do that. And if you don't know what that means, just come up here and they will explain it to you. It's not a big thing. It's, I mean, it's a big thing. It's the biggest thing you'll ever do in your life, but it's not hard to do. I'm just one man. It's not a test. There's no test up here. Just come and just accept Christ as your Savior and be filled with His Spirit. Amen. So God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget Valentine's Day. Love your spouse. Love your kids. Love everybody. God bless you.